Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the latest happenings out there. And also, don't forget David Hobbs Honda for all the greatest new and used cars. 6100 North Green Bay Road, David Hobbs Honda. A beautiful day to go to Great Lakes, and I will tell you. Beautiful. Steve, for all that we talk about, you know, going coast to coast, red carpet events, whining and dining with the rich and famous he was looking out for all the little guys this weekend because Steve Zaki personally went to both Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda and sprayed them both with anti-mosquito stuff, so you'll be fine all day long. However, if for some shocking reason you do get bit even one time, send all your hate mail to Steve Zaki. Yes, a.k.a. the bug guy. <laughs> Well, good looking out for uh, for us little people, Steve. Appreciate uh, it. No problem. Yeah, the mosquitoes are kind of bad in Wisconsin, and uh, hopefully this cold weather will knock some of them out here. So, but uh, yeah, it's uh, one one we got one uh, season over in racing, but there's still a lot of stuff happening everywhere. I mean, they're still racing. They're racing in Richmond this weekend, obviously. Yep. But we got lots of news coming up on IndyCar silly season. We still have F1 going on, and just all sorts of goodies to to uh, chat about uh, coming up on the final inspection show and lots of stuff happening with us too. Cause uh, you can, you can get a double dose of uh, Steve Zotke and Jeff, the Polish pipe bomb Orlowski, can't you? Two hours just isn't enough. Uh, you know, you can give your ears the dessert after the final inspection show and check out the uh, green and gold then and now podcast, which is found at one Oh five, seven FM, the fan.com. And you're going, oh, another Packer podcast. This is just a little different. Well, it's awesome. Of course. But, <laughs> uh, no, we talk about, you know, we talk about currently what's going on with the uh, with the Packers. And we have uh, pretty, you know, sharp opinions, especially this guy over here. Uh, but And we also talk, we try and also 
make a parallel to the past because a lot of the stuff that's that's happening today has happened before or if you know something very close to it so uh this uh the latest episode that we did on wednesday has a pretty uh an un- uncomfortable memory for older Packer fans, especially when it comes to uh, kicking. So uh, make sure you tune into that. And uh, it's the old, uh, I'll give you a hint. It, it was back in when the Bay of Pigs, as Chris Berman used to call it. Uh, and it was truly the, the Bay of Pigs back then. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, un- definitely peeled a lot of Packer fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We get into the, uh, that and a whole lot more. So check it out. And we're going to have guests. We're going to have guests on there. We hopefully uh, will have some uh, pretty interesting uh, guests on the podcast. So it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Green and gold then and now. Check it out on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. Check out the Final Inspection Show on Facebook and green and gold then and now. Make sure you like us, like our Facebook, both uh, Facebook pages. And also you can follow us on Twitter too. It's Steve Zotke, Z-A-U-T-K-E. Jeff underscore Orlowski, O-R-L-O-S-K-I. Underscore. What's an underscore? That's that line underneath. But not a hyphen, but it's lower. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what well, it is. Well, you got to make sure some people in it. I have such a common name that I had to make it different, difficult. You know what I mean? <laughs> have you ever found that W? Not yet. Still, still looking look- for it? Well, I find it on half the le- the letters I get mailed to my house. but uh, That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. still throws a W in. Now, see, there's some Zotkis that have a C in it. Really? So somewhere along the line, yeah, the C was dropped in ours, hmm. which I, I would prefer it. Six letters, it's a little tighter. Yeah. Americanized. Yeah. Compact. Well, it's pronounced Americanized, too, Zotki. It's actually Zotki, but, you know, we're this is Hale's Corner is not uh, Nuremberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was still looking for the W, but it's funny because I'll sit there and I'll go to the bank and, oh, what's your name? And I'll spell it out. You mean (laughs) O-R-L-O-W? Like, did I say W, dummy? I know how to spell my name. And this is a rare sight. If we had a a webcam, I would be actually on a drinking a non-caffeinated drink. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, it's good to see you're growing up a little bit. Uh, Steve has a... A box like you would throw in your little kid's like lunchbox of Yoo-Hoo chocolate milk. Well, Steve got up this morning and uh, hit the uh, hit the caffeine pretty hard today. So okay, when the, when the jitters hit about <laughs> half hour ago, uh, uh, let's let's just uh, let's try a non-caffeinated drink to start the show off. So. Yeah, you're you're twitching, twitching a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you don't find me on the floor. You're twitching, <laughs> and you'd have to finish the show or whatever. So, so all right, we got lots to talk about, including the return of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, to the track at Richmond last night, and uh, this is I love it. Richmond, it's our one of our favorite tracks. Absolutely, definitely a top five track, if not a top three track on the NASCAR schedule. And last night's uh, Xfinity Series proved. Or showed why it it's a lot of. I mean, I think if you took a poll of favorite tracks, I think it would easily be in a top five favorite. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. There's action all over, not just with the front runners, and that was what was great about the camera uh, coverage that they did last night. Is they, you know, they had the split screen and they were showing on one side the battle for sixth, on the other side the battle for thirteenth. You know, it wasn't just follow the leader. 
you know, there was action up and down throughout that field, and it, it was great. It was a great race. I was definitely surprised with Dale Jr. He leads the most laps in that race. Uh, fin- ends up finishing fourth. He kind of you, faded at the end a little go, bit. Are you getting a jar of mayonnaise this morning? Oh, yeah. Hellman's, of course. Of course. But, no, it's funny because I do, uh, you know, I still buy Tide to this day. because Really? Of the, oh, yeah. Because so, of that? Yep. Because of the Ricky Craven car and uh, the battle with Kurt Busch at, at Darlington. You know, Cl- Clorox had a car for a while, too. All right. I In fact, I'll... they still do, I think, on the 47. All right. Yeah, I buy cheap bleach. <laughs> hmm but... Interesting. And and you want to dig real deep, Purex sponsored Lake Speed in the late 80s. Nice. I thought that was always interesting. That Tide made a big jump, Darrell Waltrip, and then, well, here comes Purex. Well, maybe we should sponsor a car. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a license to print money back then. Well, you know, it uh, followed the leader. For the year. Not two not two races. No. We'll sign, oh, uh, oh, Purex, you want to sponsor us? Sure. Here's how much. Oh, here it is. Okay. For the year? Okay. Deal. Boom. Yeah, yeah it used to be easy. Yeah. No, not no, so much. piecing together. And there's lots of stuff happening in, in, in the NASCAR garage, too. So, silly season is in full bloom. Properly when it should be in September and October, not this stuff that's happening in May or, or June like we've seen in the past. Uh, I think it's better for the sport when this stuff is happening uh, about now as it used to be. You, 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 all the stuff used to be announced at the second or at the fall Charlotte race. That's when you would have all the big press conferences and here's, here's, here's who's in the drive who, here's the new car or new team or new sponsor, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This was traditionally the time they used to do it, and that's at least that's the one good thing that the NASCAR is kind of returning to is the, uh, you know, when we're finding out the stuff. Yeah, it is. It's still weird to me that you know they they're announcing the drivers' changes and all that, and so you're going to have a driver who's not going to be, quote unquote, fully involved in the meetings because you know, especially if right. it's a driver like Ryan Newman going exactly. to a different team. Well, we don't want to Different give away our secrets right. and all this kind of stuff. Like, so, like, like Ford wants anything from Childress and vice versa. Exactly. So you know you've got you've got guys that are going in and uh, kind of one hand tied behind their back because they're. Can they, you hear that? You can't oh. feel uh, like you're a hundred percent a part of the team when they're trying to hide stuff from you at the same time trying to help you win a race. Well, I tell you what, let's take a quick break, and when we turn, you will hear me. Drink from a juice a juice box and more <laughs> on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda.
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Of course, make sure to get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend for the Time Machine Nationals and Nitra Street Car Brawl. Today, two shows in one. Uh, gates opened up at 9 a.m. and they go uh, all the way till uh, 10 o'clock or so. So make sure. Beautiful weather. Um, it's a, it's cooler. It's comfortable. Maybe bring a, 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 a hoodie or something as, it, as the sun goes down. But right now in the sun, it feels really good. Feel the, 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 the sun on your skin in that. It's plenty warm enough even for you little skinny people. Yeah, and two shows for the price of one. Uh, and obviously, you weren't talking to me with the skinny people <laughs> comment, but uh, two shows for the price of, uh, price of one out at Great Lakes. Just unbelievable. You will have a fantastic time. Make sure you get out there today. You're going to love it. And if you're one of the skinny people, feel free to eat a lot out there because there's a lot of choices at Great Lakes Dragway, and it's uh, not just uh, hot dogs on rollers. It's good stuff. So lots of good food out there, lots of good entertainment, lots of cool cars out there too. Yeah, and bring the kids because the kids will have a ball as well. They will. Time Machine Nationals, you see all the old dragsters of yesteryear, all the what they call front-engine slingshots. Those are like the dragsters, the rail cars. You got your gassers out there, nitrous funny cars, the whole the whole gambit. A lot of cool stuff, things, a lot of cars you may remember in your youth if you're a little bit older. So make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway. And we have NASCAR in Richmond this weekend. And the big news was we have a new driver next year in the six. Yeah. It's Wisconsin's, uh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> it's not Matt Kenseth. No. Driving the Wienermobile. No, no, it's not. It's Ryan Newman. The Rocket Man. Back in a Ford. Yeah. I think he came, yeah, he came in in a Ford. I think Penske was Ford when he came in. Why? Back in the day. Okay, so he's going to, to Roush. In the six car. What sense does that make if you're Jack Roush? Uh, for a sponsor. So that's it? Ryan Just... Newman. He's a name driver. You go to the when you go into a boardroom, it's a lot easier saying, "Well, who's your driver? Oh, we got a NASCAR driver, Ryan Newman. He's won, you know, X amount of races. He's done this. He's 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 done some TV shows. He's been on, uh, you know, uh, the, the antiques, you know, hunters show and this and that. And he's, you know, see, besides him, blah blah blah. You know, he's made the playoffs, uh, uh, uh you know, a bunch. But obviously, he's not a, a legit contender. He's not somebody who races up front week in, week out. Well, he's a top out. 15 NASCAR driver. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Barely. Look at the points. Maybe. Look at the points. He's always, right? He's, he hasn't, I don't think he missed, he's been in the chase a bunch of times. Yeah, I know he is, but. He's a top, what, you don't think he's a top 15? Yeah, maybe on 15. average, I would say I would say his average over the last five years, definitely ten years, I would say it would be somewhere between ten and fifteen in the points. Uh, you know, okay, so so he's a fifteenth place guy, but if you're Roush, aren't you trying to get catch lightning in a bottle? Well, who are you get again? Get one of the young kids, and hopefully you catch lightning in a they bottle. They tried that. Okay, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I would have done that. Are you going to, you know, okay, so. Who are you going to get? Okay, who's the number one driver out there? Christopher right. Bell. Right. Well, he's going to be locked up at Toyota, isn't he? Yeah. Toyota's not going to let him go. No. 
Joe Gibbs isn't going to let him go. No. All right, who's two? You know, there's you know who's looked really good, and is is you could sell him. Is is Ross? Don't call me uh, Brandy Chastain. Yeah. Oh yeah, another strong finish last night. Yeah, he's but, looked he's looked fantastic. You know, if I'm you know I'm I'm really surprised. Now he's going back to the four car, so he's he's, he's screwed in the chase. But I mean, he still could, especially next week at the Roval, can. He might be able to sneak into the next round, and if he keeps his uh, nose clean at the Roval at Charlotte, he should be he should be all right. But yeah, that kid is a is a dream for press conferences. You know, all shucks and this. I'm just a watermelon farmer, and you know he's please he's been playing that up, even though he had his teeth whitened and his beard <laughs> trimmed real nice. But I just think that if you're Roush, you've got to just keep. Going young and you, going you go, young. Okay, let's say you you because uh, I'm sure you you could get him. Do you you get Ross Chastain? Absolutely, I take him over Ryan. But Newman. How are you gonna sell sponsorship though? Because of the story, watermelon farmer, all this kind of stuff. You try getting you know the the smaller sponsors, mom and pop, and yes, you're gonna have to piecemeal it. But like we mentioned in the first segment, there's very few uh, season wide sponsorships left in NASCAR. So you got to piecemeal it, but you could sit there and and put together a package to have him run the race. You put Ryan Newman in that car, and you give him two, three years or whatever. Well, you know you're not. That's, you, you're getting fifteenth place again. You're not making any it, waves, and you're not helping yourself out. It in goes the future. down to, to Steve Newmark. He's ahead of Roush, and he has he been making the best, you know the the best decisions over the last couple of years. Hell no, Roush hmm. is absolutely just you know. Fallen right. completely off the map. They've shown a little, you know, a little bit of a little bit of life this year, but not, you know. The only life they should, they had was on at Dega and yeah. Daytona, where it's but, anybody's ball game, and you know the little guy can win. Yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, it's the safe pick. Yes. And what 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 do what do organizations who are in a tailspin do? Go safe. Go conservative. Safe. Yeah, you know, and I understand that. I just think that in the long run, it does not help that organization. And that's, I guess, one of the reasons why I'm not surprised that they did it, because they seem to not be able to get is out it, of their well, own Well, it's put this way, and this is how you justify it. Is it an upgrade at driver? Well, anything's an upgrade over Trevor well, Bain. okay, then. I mean. You know, you could drive better than Trevor Bain. I don't know about that, but. I could. No, you <laughs> oh, I could. No, you could. Oh, Man, I grew up driving 80 miles an hour in Chicago traffic. I, I could wheel that car around there. It's an upgrade in the six car, and we'll see what happens. The one car, it looks like it's going to be Kurt Busch. Yeah. Yeah, so then who uh, who takes the 41? You know, Kyle Larson. I just Are you at the point with Kyle Larson, especially after what happened in Vegas and that? And it seems like. 20 laps to go. He's like, oh, he could win this one. And, uh. mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Carl Larson, are you like, are you just going, F this? Why am I, you know, I know the story. Okay. Chip Ganassi was the only one that to offer him a ride without money. Right, which is That's, shocking to begin with. Well, and that shows the problem with NASCAR. Right. You know, all, you know, in the last 20 years, or oh, NASCAR's in like IndyCar. We, we we hire the best drivers. We don't have to come in with a check. Well, those days are gone. Right. And 
you know, he was the only guy to offer him a ride, so he kind of had to go there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he signed his life away, unfortunately, it looks like. God, it's got to be frustrating. It, it does. If, it does. If if you could easily, he's, yeah, he would be, he's the number one free agent, right? Oh, absolutely. I think just because of his youth. I mean, well, obviously, I think. His youth have, and his if, talent. If you have a pool, I mean, Carvick's right up there, but Harvick's also getting a little long in the tooth. He's hitting 40 or at 40. But, I mean, age and everything right now, and he's not at his prime yet either. Right. He's still. And past success. Larson right. has, you know. Oh, he's driving a box, you know, into in victory lane. You want to talk about a guy that if he got into Stuart Haas equipment, I could see Larson oh. running off seven wins next sure. season. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy. So he's, you know. Even he, if it was the 41 car. Absolutely. Even if it was, even if it was the ten, yeah, yeah. You know, even if it was the ten, I could see him in victory lane five times, it's, it's, minimum. You know, you wonder. You know, does he go to Ganassi and say, you know, you start getting like, hey, all right, you want me to, you want me to be happy? Let me run Indy. Let me run my dirt car stuff. Let me, you know, does does Chip give him a longer leash and more? options to keep him happy chip's got to give him whatever he wants and i know that he's got larson limited to the amount of dirt races that he can run and everything like that he's better be prepared to scrub all that already said hey i'm doing this for a while then i'm going dirt track racing which is the only thing that's a negative in the kyle larson thing is because a is his heart really in it when all he's looking forward to is running dirt later so is his heart 100 percent into nascar i vote yes but I'm not the one cutting these multi-million dollar checks because they would all bounce. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's the one knock against him. But it's hard to think when you look back at the point standings now and everything like that, a more disappointing season, you know, with the preseason expectations and everything like that to actual results, Kyle Larson's one of the top, you know, handful of guys it, that would fall under most disappointing in 2018. And it's because of the team. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Hey, speaking of dirt track racing, we got uh, you, most, most people probably have already heard, but pretty shocking news out of Pennsylvania on a Thursday evening. That was the uh, the crash that took the life of uh, sprint car driver Greg Hodnett. Greg Hodnett was a, a well-known sprint car driver uh, who was who traveled with the world of outlaws in the 90s, and then uh, later uh, pick, picked up a ride in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania is actually has such a strong sprint car community that you can pretty much have a career just running the Pennsylvania circuit and be part of what they call the Pennsylvania Posse, which he became of over the last uh, 10, 15 years, whatever it was, and then uh, travel, you know, maybe do some special races uh, with uh, the World of Outlaws and that. But uh, shocking, kind of a shocking story. Uh, he was killed at the old Susque- Susquehanna, and now called, now known as Baps Speedway. Which, okay, I don't even, want, don't even get into that. Uh, I think it's an acronym. But uh, he, what happened was uh, apparently the speculation is that might have been, uh, there might have been some new uh, information over the last uh, twelve hours or so. But the, maybe it's possibly that the steering had broke because. He went to the inside and hit the area. Um, it looks like pretty much every other dirt track, but 
there's like a area they don't have like a full pit area like mm. you would have here in Milwaukee or Elkhart Lake or, or know, like Richmond tonight. You know, it, it you kind of drive in a circle and uh, you come into turn one. Well, there's a big retaining wall there on an angle, and apparently he hit that wall, and it's not protected because usually hardly everybody, anybody would it, – it's really hard to hit that wall apparently. And But you know what? If there's a wall in an area that – Nobody hits. Well, somebody's gonna find a way to hit it, just mm-hmm. like we saw in Vegas uh, last week. Yeah. So uh, apparently he hit the wall. I don't know if the car got upside down and he hit the wall or what, but uh, unfortunately he was. It was a, a pretty pretty bad situation where uh, they actually called the coroner to the track, which some tracks do that in out east. They have uh, from an EMS point of view, they have some unusual uh, rules. I know in New Jersey and I think Pennsylvania is one of those two where uh, usually the you the 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 it's not unusual for tracks to if there's a serious accident they want to have the driver taken from the track as soon as possible even if they know it's a bad bad situation because then it can be the track can get shut down for a period of time for an investigation. Yeah. That's one of the kind of they don't talk about that too much, but uh, so they want to have the drive, you know, they want it the driver taken to the hospital ASAP, which usually you do anyway. So there's a there's the uh, the magic hour, the uh, trauma, all that you've heard, you a lot of the listeners may have heard of, but uh, that was not the case, unfortunately. This uh, situation, very very sad situation. Greg Hodnett, just a real super super nice guy. One of these guys you never heard a bad thing about him. I was involved with a charity banquet uh, with uh, photographer Russ Lake. That's how I got to know David Hobbs. And uh, we would always have uh, a sprint car driver. And uh, um, Jerry, uh, Jerry, 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 I'm thinking of his name. I'll think of it in just a second. Used to always help us bring a sprint car driver along with Steve Sinclair. Would be very helpful. And in the past, we'd have Bobby Allen we've had. Uh, I might have been Jeff Swindell. But Greg Hodnett was one of those drivers we had up here. And so I got to spend uh, uh, pretty much a day with Greg Hodnett. Just a, just a nice guy. Just really, really down to earth. And, you know, just what what can you say? Just a sad situation. 49 years old, yeah. uh, married and that, and just a sad situation. So Well, the uh, outpouring of support from yeah. everyone in the racing community. Christopher Bell mentioned it in Victory Lane last Kyle night. Kyle Larson. Yeah. Uh, you and those know. are guys that have raced with them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's sad, and what a rough year. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's, I think I might have posted it on the final inspection page. There is a photo out there of Brian Clausen, yeah. Jason Johnson, and Greg Hodnett. Yeah. And three wide. And that is just an eerie, eerie photo. Yeah, it is. It so, is. condolences to the Greg Hodnett family. And when we come back, we'll be hearing from Lori Monroe. Get the latest in the world of racing from Lori. And then at the top of the hour, we'll be talking once again to David Land. Make sure to check out his YouTube uh, channel, uh, David Land, L-A-N-D. And uh, we'll be talking IndyCar Silly Season at the top of the hour with David. And more on the Final Inspection Show. This is One Lap Down with Lori Monroe for the week of September the 17th. Here's what's making news right now. NASCAR has announced that Steve Phelps has been named NASCAR president, effective October the 1st. Brent Dewar will be stepping down but will remain with the company and transition into a senior consulting and advisory role. 
Phelps will report to Jim France, NASCAR chairman and CEO, and will have the responsibility over all competition and business operations for the sanctioning body. Phelps joined NASCAR in 2005 and has played a key role in the organization, including negotiating key partnership agreements with Coca-Cola, Monster Energy, and Comcast. Brian France, who's on an indefinite leave of absence, has pleaded not guilty to charges from last August of aggravated driving while intoxicated and misdemeanor possession of a controlled substance. The next court date for the 56-year-old former NASCAR chairman and CEO is October the 5th. The wrongful death lawsuit filed by the parents of Kevin Ward Jr. against Tony Stewart was officially dismissed this past Tuesday. At a settlement hearing in April, the judge approved the confidential settlement and issued an order of dismissal, but did allow for 30 days for the case to be reopened if the settlement was not fulfilled or if either side wanted the court involved in the enforcement of the settlement. In Innovators versus NASCAR, the only penalty handed down after the Las Vegas weekend was in the Xfinity series. The driver of the number two car, Matt Tift, was penalized with a loss of 10 driver points and 10 owner points after his car failed pre-inspection four times. In ARCA series news, last weekend's race at Salem Speedway, which was won by Chandler Smith in dominating fashion, also saw a big penalty handed down to driver Zane Smith and team owner Doug Fuller for unsportsmanlike conduct and conduct detrimental to the sport of auto racing. This due to retaliation due to an on-track altercation during the event. Smith has been fined $5,000 for retaliation on Michael Self and team owner Doug Fuller was penalized with the loss of 100 championship points. The next event for the ARCA Racing Series is the rescheduled Shore Lunch 200 at Lucas Oil Raceway in Brownsburg, Indiana on Saturday, October the 6th. In Pinty Series news, the series makes its first ever trip to the U.S. with the inaugural Visit New Hampshire 100 and will be part of New Hampshire Motor Speedway's Full Throttle Weekend, one of the most anticipated short track weekends rounded out with the KNNE Series and the NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour. And the points battle is close for the Pinty Series, just one race remaining after the New Hampshire at Jucasa Motor Speedway in Ontario. LP Dumoulin and Alex Tagliani are just five points apart for the top spot in the standings. The Visit New Hampshire 100 takes place on Saturday, September the 22nd. In birthdays this week, happy birthday goes out to Jimmy Johnson, Doug Yates, Carl Long, Richard Childress, Randy Pemberton, Leonard Wood, and Regan Smith. And if it's your birthday this week, I hope it's a wonderful one. The Truck Series is off for a few weeks, but Richmond Raceway is host to a couple of great events this weekend. Friday night sees Dale Earnhardt Jr. return to the track in the Xfinity Series for the Go Bowling 250. Race time is 7.30 p.m. And on Saturday night, the green flag waves at 7.43 Eastern for the Monster Energy Cup Series Federated Auto Parts 400. You can watch it all on NBCSN. And weather for this weekend is brought to you by raceweather.net. Friday evening's Go Bowling 250 will have temperatures around 78 degrees and partly cloudy when they drop the green flag. However, Saturday night's Federated Auto Parts 400 has a chance of showers and thunderstorms and will be 80 degrees. The RaceWeather.net experts call for 70% odds of racing on Saturday night, but keep up to date by heading over to their website at RaceWeather.net. In social media madness this week, Camping World Truck Series driver Jordan Anderson said on Facebook, along with some pretty graphic pictures I might add, 
Not the night we wanted. Stranded in New Mexico until we can get everything fixed and back on the road. Truck took a pretty good beating hitting an elk that jumped out from the median at 70 miles per hour. Thankfully wasn't any worse. All the guys and I are safe and okay. And from the Bob Keselowski Fans Facebook group, Bob Keselowski exceeds his 270 mile per hour goal at the Bonneville Salt Flats today with his fastest time ever of over 271 miles per hour. Way to go, Bob. And have you seen NASCAR.com's Make My Driver Face Swap Generator? It's all over social media right now, but just be careful using it. You might scare somebody. That's all for One Lap Down with Lori Monroe. Enjoy the racing this weekend, whatever racing you enjoy the most. And thank you, Lori. We certainly appreciate that. And, of course, this weekend is Richmond and yesterday qualifying for tonight's race. And it's uh, Kevin Harvick on the pole. And uh, awful, awful start for Harvick in, uh, with a 30, I think it was 39th place finish last week in Vegas. But Kevin Harvick fans don't care because it's Kevin Harvick. And this is a track, I think he's won three times here, and, and it's it, it shouldn't be an issue. I, 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 and with him getting, you know, I thought it was interesting when they asked him, oh, were you kind of surprised or whatever about being on the pole? He goes, oh, we didn't even do a qualifying setup. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just fast. The thing with uh, with Harvick is, yes, he finished second to last in uh, in last week's race, but he's he's still fourth in the points because he had so many playoff points going in to the playoffs that it doesn't it didn't even matter. You know, he could have you know basically taken uh, Las Vegas off, not ran at all, and been in the same position. I'll tell you what, with this Charlotte Roval thing coming up. You know, if 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 I'm Harvick, I'm I really want this win because I don't know what's going to happen next week. Well, you I think know. Talladega, you, you smash up a lot of cars. This is going to be ridiculous. Oh, that's why I can't wait to see it. It is going I, to know, be a poop show from from the drop of the green flag. <laughs> I can't wait. I love it. I I just you know I I I, I I'm speechless. I it just it's bizarro, Jerry. Like the on Seinfeld, it's like. It's another Superman too. It's it's like I like that thing I did with Earnhardt Jr. I said twenty years ago, you tell Earnhardt Dale Earnhardt Senior, you know what? Screw the oval. Let's run on the road course. He he'd, he'd walk away from you, shaking his head like you're an idiot. Well, everybody knows that this is a horrible decision, and to sit there and have it as a playoff race, right? Just compounds the problem. It is it is so stupid. It is so stupid. They ripped up so many cars. I was trying to think of a, a parallel. I'm thinking like, okay, let's see, NFL. Uh, NFL goes to a CFL f- a field. Okay, 120 yards and bigger field. Yeah. I don't even think that's as stupid as this would be. That would kind of be interesting. I think I think you'd get a lot of people tuning in to see that because I'm thinking, okay, that's not, you know, maybe. And then I'm thinking, well, it's the NFL. Maybe if they went to like a re- an arena field. Yeah, yeah, played it in, in an arena. And I'm thinking, no, that's pretty much what they're doing. You that's, know, that that's kind of the similar thing. You're putting a, all these cars, you're putting 40 cars on a smaller, tighter road course. You're driving through an infield of a, of a race. I, I mean, th- this Charlotte road course, they ran IMSA races there in the 90s. Those were awful. Yeah. Oh, I know. I can't wait. I love. I mean, chaos. they used to have those things on TNN. 
89, 90, 91, uh, and that. And, and it was like, uh, just, uh, what is this? You know, this is, this is boring. This is, well, of course now we're gonna have cars smashing into each other and it's going to be a yippee. Yeehaw, you know, Dukes of hazard race. Apparently that's what it seems like. It's going to be, uh, you know, I don't worry for Harvick a, because he only, you know, he's a fourth now in the points. He's still going to walk through the to the next round fairly easily. And because of how upset he was over having that blown tire, a angry Kevin Harvick is a successful Kevin Harvick. Yeah. He carries that chip on his shoulder very well. It seems to run a lot better when he's pissed off than when he's quote unquote happy Harvick. And uh, I, I expect good things for him to, in tonight's race. I, I really do. I think uh, you know we're gonna we'll do predictions in the second hour here with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. But I'm I mean he's 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 the odds on favorite, don't yeah, you think? Absolutely. Starting starting from the pole, angry. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough to get past the four tonight. And uh, thanks to listener Larry, the gentleman I was trying to remember was Jerry Olson. There you go. Thank former, you, Larry. Uh, former uh, promoter uh, in the area who did a lot of open-wheel stuff, a lot of sprint car races and whatnot. That's why we had the best listeners in radio. So aren't we, weren't we voted number one racing show in America? Uh, yes, I don't yes, know how we official that ranking was, but I guess you you mentioned that you got some type of certificate somewhere. Yep, three out of four race heads <laughs> love the final inspection show more than they love their wives, and we thank you for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I tell you what, let's take a break, and we'll have more from the world of racing on the final inspection show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. <laughs> This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection show. Brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. You know, we'd be kind of re- we'd be remiss to not mention that Brad Kasalski's on quite a roll here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, three I mean, in a row to win the, those iconic races at Darlington. He won at Indianapolis, but he once again, who picked it? Uh that would be you, Steve. Okay, uh, I, that's that's something I learned from Vegas. So, if it's a trend, keep going that way. If you're on a heater, yep, don't he, get up. He certainly is. Uh, Team Penske is finally, it, it's, you know, we knew they were a, a top team, and they've been kind of struggling, but now they're getting their mojo right at the optimum uh, time, aren't they? Yeah, and Logano's running better as well. Uh, you but know, we don't care about him. Well, no. The, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that we talked last week about how when you look at it and when the NASCAR playoffs start, that amazing how every playoff driver is in the top 12 or the top 15. Yeah. You know, and then a proof in the pudding was Las Vegas. When you look up and you see Jimmy Johnson, who you haven't seen all year long, and he's running eighth. And you're going to tell me that they don't give the playoff drivers a little boost? Come Ooh, on. Ooh, really? That, it's... They give them the better tires or something? Just something a little bit uh, kind of... Wink, wink, here's 25 horse, yeah. you know, something, because they, it has to be. 
Jimmy Johnson hasn't been competitive all season long. I can't remember the last he's time. He's had glimpses. He's, he's shown a little bit. Okay, so he had one good race every two months. And all of a sudden, the playoffs start. He's a playoff driver. He's, do we need, he squeaked in Do we there? need 16 guys? No. Should we get back to where it was? What was it, 10 or 12, I think? I think it was. That was the, I want to say it started at 10, the, and then it was went it to Jeff, 12. Because Jeff Gordon missed or because of Junior they expanded it? I think they expanded it once because Gordon was 11th, I think. Yeah. They went from maybe 10 to 12. And now it's 16. And then Junior was like 13th, I think, one year. <laughs> and then they oh, well, let's, let's go to 16. Yeah. Yeah, no, they should go back to 12. 12 is a good number. 12 is a good number. And uh, 16, you're getting a little, you know. You're getting like the NHL where everybody right. makes the playoffs. Right. So, but the fact that, that Jimmy was up there, you know, it just red flags just flying all across my head because, you know, like I said, he hasn't been competitive at all. And now all of a sudden the playoffs start and, oh, oh, there's Jimmy in the top 10. Shocking. So conspiracy but it, you know fantastic for brad keselowski you know congratulations to him congratulations to the delicious miller light uh you know that's one heck of a run and like you said getting hot at the right time you know uh, when we talk towards the end of the regular season in nascar could brad keselowski be the fourth of the you know you had the big three who Looks was like going to be number four and I was kind of iffy about it because I thought that, you know, Clint Boyer had a shot. I thought there were a couple other guys that had a shot. But, man, Brad Kay, he shut me up pretty quick. He certainly has, and it's it's not a surprise, is it? It really shouldn't be. No, no. Kislowski, you know, A, Paul Wolf, that guy, like we mentioned last week, he can take a, a, a sixth to seventh place car and park it in victory lane. He's one of the guys that goes off the books does you know completely different pit strategy and everything like that i love it and he's successful at it and brad's reaping the benefits and it's it's you know obviously it's better to to have other drivers besides the big three competing for wins week in week out and of course in other news as the international speedway corporation announced a comprehensive ticket and travel protection program yeah yeah, you get rained out. You can go to any of their other races uh, that year. Uh, you know, good idea. Might as well. Might as well. They're not packing the stands anyway. So, <laughs> you know, if uh, even if it's across country and, oh, man, these 12 guys want to get in on a rain-out ticket? Okay. Come on down. <laughs> you know, plenty of space. You want a whole row or do you just want Sit one seat? Sit over by the starting line, too. We want to make it look good on TV. <laughs> That's why I don't mind it when one, you know, some of these baseball teams, but they don't do more of that. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I know some some parks and that crack down on people, but, hey, upper deck guys, hey, come on, everybody come down. Let's make it look good for TV. This ain't Montreal. Absolutely. You know, you might as well, and uh, you get people in there. They buy beer, they pay, you know, for hot dogs and water and everything else. You're only making more money. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, it is David Land, YouTube Motorsports commentator on the Final Inspection Show. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. 
This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and a David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to get out today to the Great Lakes Dragway. Time but Machine Nationals. Lots of two two shows for the price of one out there today. Lots of lots of stuff happening. The weather's beautiful, so get out to Great Lakes Dragway. Or if you're on the other side of town and you need some wheels, how about David Hobbs Honda? David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. Make sure to check them out for new and used. So... Don't want to really put down a lot of coin for a new Honda. Well, they got lots of used cars at David Hobbs Honda. Always great deals going on. Get down to David Hobbs, buy a car, bring it to Great Lakes, and see how you do against you uh, against all those nitrous uh, cars. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the YouTube channel, it is David Land. David, thank you for joining the show again. Well, thank you for having me back on. I'm glad I didn't burn too many bridges last week. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind some matches, you know that that, that that's fine. We 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 uh, love it here, and lots of stuff to happen. Just lot, lots of stuff happening in the world of auto racing. Of course, we had the the NASCAR news yesterday with uh, Ryan Newman going to the six, and uh, but lots of stuff happening in IndyCar too. And probably the biggest, it's not a big surprise, we saw uh, a sneak preview in the final race at Sonoma. It is the new, I guess you could say, Harding Racing. Yes, uh, a partnership with the New York Yankees going forward. George Michael Steinbrenner IV, uh, who is, uh, well, the fourth in the, uh, in the I guess, the pipeline of the uh, Yankees management, uh, will be uh, forming a two-car team next year, so... Is the same two-car team that we saw Harding Racing run with at Sonoma this year with uh, Colton Herta. Uh, some people will know him, obviously, because of Brian Herta, his dad, uh, and Pato Award, Patricio Award, uh, who is the reigning Indy Lights champion. And boy, was he quick at Sonoma. So there's a lot of good things coming from this team. They also have a partnership uh, with Andretti Autosport to provide them with some technical uh parts and help to get them up to speed and clearly they were up to speed at Sonoma so very exciting times here yeah it was interesting because uh, uh, with you know, Harding Racing being the Chevy team and uh, Andretti being a Honda team but with that they were still able to uh, do some cross-pollination at least on the chassis side and uh, do you think that can continue with uh, when possibly when a certain F1 driver comes aboard well that's the question and that's the thing that everyone is really confused or just Nobody really knows the answer to right now. There's a, there's so many things up in the air when we're talking about Fernando Alonso and where he could possibly go next year. A lot of it's going to come down to whether or not Honda feels like they're willing to reassociate themselves with somebody who continuously throughout their the end of their relationship uh, what didn't have the nicest things or the most PR-friendly things to say about them. Uh, as we know, when... Fernando tested with that team, Andretti Autosport, with a Honda engine. There was no Honda branding at all on that car. Uh, the Steinbrenner-Andretti-Harding alliance could open the door for Fernando to end up in a Chevy team. 
I just don't know how it how it turns out here. This is we're starting to get to the point where I'm just seeing more and more holes closing for this to happen, and not many openings left. Well, certainly, yeah. There's a there's a time frame involved here, but you certainly want to, if from uh, Alonzo's point of view. You, you don't want to just go into a situation where you're just cobbling people, take a couple guys here, take up. You kind of want a nucleus already. You you want that chemistry and you want the best because, uh, you know, let, let's face it, he hasn't been in the best equipment the last couple of years in Formula One. So it'll be interesting to see how, if they're able to put all of the pieces in place for him, that he, that he can be comfortable because we saw what he was able to do when basically that's what they did almost uh, when he ran India a year and a half ago. So, uh, do you think that's still a possibility though that they've been that they will a- able to put together a team that he's comfortable running with when the season starts in St. Pete? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. They're they're absolutely capable of it. Uh, it's it's just always it's going to come down to his motivation. It's going to come down to the funding. And it's going to come down to whether or not the engine suppliers are willing to uh, build an extra engine and supply him one. Uh, I think the motivation should be there, but you just never know. It's so early in the process still, even though it feels like we've been talking about this for a year and a half, (laughs) that uh, we still just don't quite know where it's all going to fall. And uh, the other news is there's a rumor of another Formula One driver uh, maybe joining – uh, Dale Coyne racing next year, isn't there? Yeah, Stoffel Van Dorn. So we could theoretically have the full uh, uh, McLaren team uh, from F1 this year in IndyCar next year. And that one kind of surprised me. I, I thought that Dale Coyne racing was pretty happy with their current arrangement, uh, their two drive, their two main drivers, which are uh, Sebastian Bourdais and Pietro Fittipaldi. But, you know, if you've got an opportunity to get a displaced F1 driver who maybe didn't receive the opportunity to really show his talent in F1, you know, that's, that's worked out in the past. I mean, Alex Zanardi, Juan Pablo Montoya, a lot of guys who came over uh, after, you know, not quite being able to make it in F1, they come back here or they come over here and they're instantly on pace. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a, a really great move to pair him with Sebastian Bourdais, who I think just recently re-signed with the team. So, yeah, that could be a real potent combination. Well, it's inter- interesting because when he was coming up through the ranks, Van Dorn was a very heralded driver, and he got to McLaren and everything kind of went, ooh, you know. It, it just nothing clicked. The equipment wasn't that good. And, you know, it's not like these guys can drive, drive their champions or winning races in other series. Then they get to F one. Well, sometimes it happens, but it, you know who knows. This this guy could be. He, he could come into uh, Dale Coyne, who's one of the better teams out there. And uh, if he gets the right engineering, you know, hooks up with the right engineer and the right people, you know, you could be saying, "Wow, where did this kid?" You know, a lot of Americans might be not familiar with him and might go, "Whoa, where did this guy come from?" Well, I suppose I'd point out the, the similarity between his career path and the one of Santino Ferrucci, who drove a Dale Coyne car in the last couple of races of this year. Ferrucci, probably not nearly as highly touted as Van Dorn is coming up through the ranks, but in, in a lot of ways, he was very impressive in his overall pace. Again, he came up through that European ladder system, but unlike Van Dorn, he wasn't a winner. So you would think that, uh, that a guy like Van Dorn 
would be able to just be right on pace, especially given the, the similarity in, in equipment throughout the whole field. I, I think he could be right there. Yeah. And uh, what about Ocon? Where, you know, with he, he seems to be the driver that Mercedes can't find a spot for him. Ocon's a really interesting situation. Uh, he, it's, it's really unfortunate, actually, that he's being forced out at, at the newly rebranded Force India team because he's really been the star of that team. Uh, and it's really been clear and apparent that he's had some seriously great drives in a car that's not really been a front runner. Uh, I, I just don't know. I, I've, I've seen some some posturing and politicking by some of the top F1 teams that they'd like to run a third car for him. I don't know how likely that is. I doubt it would be very likely. Um, the idea of him coming over here to America to race is very exciting. Um, as we've seen, Mercedes development drivers, they don't mess around. Robert Wickens is a, or was yep. a Mercedes development driver. So they, they have a very strong driver development program. And Ocon's, you know, one of the top prospects in the world right now. Uh, so him coming over here would be awesome. I don't know where he would go, though. <laughs> We're just running out of seats at this point. Yeah, well, or we can con- continue to add seats, I guess, because if Mercedes are or some way able to provide some funding, you know, these teams will open up another seat, you know, especially with some of these IndyCar teams. You, you know, it's it these these budgets in Europe can be so big, they could not only fund, like let's say, a driver like Ocon, but they could probably also – half fund another driver so they would have no problem adding another seat if it helps them with the rest of the team overall we saw that i mean that was supposedly the deal with uh uh mashusta and the panasonic money where he was bringing in so much money they had no problem buying all the tubs that he was going through and he was also funding some of the other uh drivers yeah, that, King, well, that RCR Wells team brought up, <laughs> yeah, well, they brought up guys like Cristiano Demata. Uh, you know, they, they were able to bring in some really high-level talent to that team, which really elevated them because of Hero. So, but, but of course, I don't think we're really comparing, or it's fair to compare Esteban Ocon to to Hero. No, no. But uh, just, we, just we from have possibly seen, from a money point of view, I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we we are seeing news coming out almost daily now. Uh, it, the, kind of in the wake of the Harding expanding news. Uh, we also saw that Carlin Racing is planning on adding a third car for next year. Ray Hall's looking at adding a third car for next year. There's so many of these. Hooncoast was talking about doing two for next year. I mean, there's so many cars available next year, and you never know. Again, like you said, all it takes is, you know, enough cash, and these teams can expand and add cars. So, you know, we could have 30 cars coming to events next year as crazy as that is to say yeah but it would be nice to see if it's filled with drivers such as Ocon and Van Dorn because that would certainly be a plus if not only if Alonzo comes over but if you have Ocon and Van Dorn you will definitely get a lot more eyes looking at the IndyCar series uh, next year wouldn't you well, it's almost like the Mansell mania thing in 93. Uh, when that when Mansell came over here, you also had guys like Stefan Johansson and uh, Nelson Piquet who came over here as well. So you had just a huge international presence of drivers with really quite high calibers and high pedigrees who just never really either never got the shot they deserved or 
they were slightly past their prime, uh, we could see this a similar kind of interest level from Europe like we saw in 93. And that's what a lot of people kind of have been brushing off, like, well, you know, Alonso coming over here wouldn't be as big as Mansell. I would argue, even though the status isn't quite the same as a reigning world champion coming over here, with the social media aspect and the amount of hype that has been around this, I think it would be equal or possibly bigger for him to come over here next year, especially if he brings a few of his F1 buddies. That's certainly true. Uh, we were talking with uh, David Land on the Mid- Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, make sure to check out David's uh, YouTube channel at David and then last name Land, L-A-N-D. And I tell you what, let's uh, stick around for one more segment with David. We'll talk more Formula One and uh, IndyCar on the final inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the aforementioned Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Land from YouTube. And make sure to check out his YouTube channel at David Land, L-A-N-D, for all the latest interesting uh, takes he has, not only in IndyCar and F1, but just in the world of uh, racing in general, and also NASCAR. And speaking of NASCAR, last night, uh, a driver was back, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and looked looked pretty good last night, didn't he, David? Mighty impressive for a driver who has not driven in what six or seven months. That was uh, that was a nice performance, kind of dominant actually. Yeah, and it looked, you know, you're thinking, oh, he could win this thing, but uh, Christopher Bell was just too strong at the end and kind of faded a little bit. I mean, he finished fourth, but I think overall, if you're a junior fan, it must have been kind of cool to see him back uh, in the driver's seat at, and uh, get away with not getting his bell rung, which is the number one issue um, with him. And and he says he wants to do it again next uh, next year at a track to be named later, and I'm thinking, well, I know a perfect track from the race set. That'd be a lot of fun in the Xfinity Series. That would, of course, be just north of here at Road America. Would you like to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. in an Xfinity car at Road America, David? I would love to see that. I don't think Dale Jr. would love to see that. Uh, he has He's never really been the best driver on the road courses, unfortunately. I know for the Wisconsin era, area sports fans, that would be just excellent, but I suspect he's going to go to a short track. I know he was looking at Martinsville. I was surprised he actually didn't go to Martinsville this year. We'll have to see where he chooses next year. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And then, of course, last week was an IndyCar finale in Sonoma. And uh, this is discussed on your YouTube channel where you talked about NBC Sports Network maybe having the first, uh, if you want to call it, full paw with the uh, with the IndyCar series. Why don't you kind of walk us uh, through that and what 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 you thought of uh, how NBC Sports Network uh, handled the transitioning from going from uh, Vegas, which ran long, to Sonoma, both uh, West Coast rela- uh, races? Well, the long and the short of it was uh, good intentions don't always lead to good things. Uh, this was a well-intentioned thing by NBC Sports, IndyCar, NASCAR, all the people involved in this. 
to try to get some of the audience from a big NASCAR playoff race to invest and be interested in the climactic conclusion to the IndyCar season. There was actually advertisements that NBC had been running all the way through the Brickyard weekend as well. So they were really trying to, to hammer this point home that, hey, you should watch this race. Well, as you said, the NASCAR playoff race went, went quite a bit longer than anticipated. Uh, the, the red flags, the yellow flags, it, it seemed like they you know, were just magnetically attracted to the walls there in the last 20 laps of that, that race, unfortunately. Uh, and unfortunately, because of that, the race ran so long that cars, that IndyCar actually delayed the start of the race for a couple minutes. Then there was a point where there was really a point of no return. The drivers have been in the cars. They sent them out. And then as we're staring at uh, cars stopped on the banking during the red flag in on the NBC Sports Network, suddenly there's a hasty cut, and suddenly one of the championship rivals, Alexander Rossi's car, is smoking. It's clear that he's been in an accident of some sort. And um, that didn't sit very well with, with A, the IndyCar fans, or B, I think, the more importantly, a lot of the NASCAR viewers that the, this whole harebrained scheme was attempting to bring in, you had been building up this whole time that we have this championship rivalry coming down to the wire. It's going to be a really exciting race. And the first thing that you show them is one of the championship rivals in trouble and at that point looked like he was pretty much out of the race. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty major screw-up uh, on NBC's part. Yeah, it certainly was frustrating uh, from from both sides involved. And, yeah, with the Rossi, you're thinking, oh, boy, you know, we were expecting something good here. I had actually picked him to win the race, and then you see him make that early pit stop. But then you're thinking, well, let's see what happens. This is why they run the races, but, you know, in hindsight, it you know Dixon just looked so strong, but Rossi did put on a good show. I mean, he was passing cars left and right at a track which it's very hard to uh, pass on, and uh, ended up finishing seventh. But easily, uh, you know, had the record for most cars passed in that race. Uh, you know, dropping all the way to the to the rear of the field and ending up seventh. So, what 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 was your opinion on how? Uh, Rossi and then also Dixon, too, and uh, what he was able to accomplish. Well, Rossi, I mean, like you said, what a spirited drive that was. I mean, just tenacity. Uh, I was very, I was actually quite interested that once he got back onto the lead lap after a pretty, uh, and actually surprisingly intense duel with his teammate, Brian Hunter Ray, who was leading the race, I kind of found that interesting. It was almost like uh, RHR was trying to reestablish himself as the top dog on the team. But, um, yeah, uh, once he got back on the lead lap and that yellow came out for Graham Rahal stopped on the track, it was like, all right, we finally get to see Rossi uncorked. And boy, oh, boy, did he deliver. I mean, he just showed all of the aggression that we had seen from him in kind of short bursts this year. But, I mean, the guy has a, an incredible amount of driving talent. If he minimizes some of the mistakes that we saw this year, I mean, he would have easily been the champion. Just imagine if he doesn't crash it. Uh, at St. Petersburg, he doesn't uh, hit the pit wall at, at Phoenix. He doesn't uh, blow his tires out at Detroit. You know, he probably runs away with this championship easily. But, of course, the guy that always seems to capitalize on other people's mistakes is Scott Dixon. I had seen a stat, I think, that Dixon hasn't had a DNF since Texas of last year when he got uh, run, or uh, two years ago now at this point, where he got taken out by Takuma Sato. 
he hasn't had a DNF since then. I mean, that's a year and a half of racing that Scott Dixon has continued to pound away and just find a way to get to the end of the race and usually finishes the race up front. And he did that here again. I mean, it was just a perfect Dixon race. He just stayed in contention the whole time. There was It was never really in doubt once Rossi was out of the picture at the beginning. It was, it was well, come on, chase me down, Rossi. But there was no way he was going to do that. I mean, that's just such – this was such a Scott Dixon year. It was just – he just drove it perfectly. It certainly was. You know, he reminds you of a modern Al Unzer senior where he's just the ultimate thinking man's uh, driver. He's always been able to put him – in a, in a situation to, well, if I can't win this race, I'm certainly going to be around at the end and let other people make mistakes. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be able to capitalize on them. And it, that just seems to be his, his MO. And I tell you what, it, it certainly has worked out five, five championships is nothing to sneeze at. Is it? No, he, I think he's second on the all time list. There was a little bit of confusion in the reporting. AJ Foyt has seven championships. Uh, and Dixon has five. For some reason, it was reported that Dixon is tied AJ or something right. like that. But no, he's still got two to go to get to AJ. But, but I mean, he's he's climbing that all-time win list. I mean, he's not that far off of Mario at this point. And these are numbers that we, at one point, I, I, at least for me, thought, oh, there's no way anybody will get anywhere near Mario or AJ in terms of wins. And yet here we are. Scott Dixon is a healthy man. He seems very hungry still, as we saw from some of the driving this year. I mean, there's no reason to think that he couldn't get seven championships and, and even possibly challenge A.J. for the all-time win list. And that's just, I mean, it's mind-boggling that that could even happen these days. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, I know Jeff had a question for you about next week, uh, and we, we, we talked about it briefly in the first hour, Jeff. When... Yeah, the uh, with the Roval coming up and uh... – <laughs> You know, I think everybody expects it to be a total poop show. How <laughs> how big of a mistake is it that, A, NASCAR is running this, this race that everybody knows is going to be a calamity, and then, B, to have this race in the playoffs? I don't know if it's from a business standpoint, at least for this year, I'm not sure it's a mistake. I think people are going to watch with the morbid curiosity that they watch a restrictor plate race with, meaning everybody knows what to expect going into this. <laughs> we know it's going to be an absolute carnage fest, and that's why the TV rating is probably going to be higher than most of the other races in the playoffs. Uh, it being in the playoffs, uh, unfortunately, is just kind of a result of the current contracts that they have with their tracks. I think they've heard the fans cry out that we really want a road course in, in the playoffs to chase. We, we want to see some variety, track variety in the chase because, of course, it ultimately determines the championship. Well, they couldn't just kick, you know, the extra Charlotte race out and go to Road America, even though that would be probably the best option. Uh, they had to work within their current contracts to put a road course in the chase, and this is what they came up with. Uh, it's like you said, it's going to be it's going to be a very crazy race, but but at least in the short term, it probably will be a very profitable one for them. Yeah, but fans are are calling for you know the Cup Series to run on dirt. They're calling for more short tracks. 
and NASCAR is not listening to them, you know, telling Tony Stewart, don't don't hold your breath, uh, expecting us to call to run the Cup Series at Eldora, uh, saying that, you know, they really have no interest in running more short track races either. And it just it, it, it boggles my mind that this is what they came came up with and thought this was the best idea, especially to throw in the playoffs. It's just I, I don't get it. Well, it's it's kind of par for the course for NASCAR thinking, isn't it? It's sure like kind is. of half baked ideas at best, you know. Sure is. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and uh, f- feel free to what, what what's your uh, YouTube channel again? Sure, my YouTube channel is David Land L A N D. Uh, we talk all sorts of racing. Try to talk about relevant topics most of the time. Uh, I was reviewing IndyCar races. That won't happen for quite a while, but <laughs> because of the schedule. Uh, but I think I will be doing a full like uh, review and analysis of the Roval race uh, because of what we just discussed. We're expecting it to be a pretty entertaining thing. And, you know, if you enjoy sim racing or uh, also just, you know, talking about racing, that's that's the main MO of my channel. So if you want a daily content of racing, pretty much, I'm the place to come. Who uh, Who's your pick to win at Richmond, David? Man, that's a tough one. That is such a tough one. I, you know, I, I think I've got to look at the big three, and I've got to look, I think, at Martin Truex Jr. I think he, he's probably pretty hungry after losing the one at, at Vegas last week, and uh, he was very fast there last year. I believe he got wrecked by Denny Hamlin, so he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, unfinished business there. I think that team itself, as we know, they're not coming back next year. They're very hungry. Going forward, I think uh, I think it's going to be true. All right, very good. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and you're more than welcome to come on next week. So uh, make sure you check out David Land on YouTube, and uh, thanks again, thanks again for coming on the show. Absolutely, thanks for having me. You're listening to David Land on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our community since 1935. We'll be back after a short break talking a little more racing. And then don't forget, coming up in just a segment or two, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Final inspection show. Just wanted to read something from Jeff Swindell, driver, um, that he posted uh, last. This actually early this morning about Greg Hodman. Okay, this is pretty wild stuff. Uh, very, very wow. Kind of get a little serious here, I guess. So, uh, Greg Hodman, of course, sprint car driver who we lost on Thursday evening, um, and Jeff was a buddy of his. And uh, this is what Jeff uh, Swindell wrote at about 4 a.m. this morning. It's taken me two days to even wrap my head around the fact that Greg has moved on to be with his with his and our father. Woke up at 4 a.m. and had to get this off my chest. There are so many memories I have of him and about him. I've known him since we were rugrats 
as our parents were friends back in the day. He was a very smart kid that could have done pretty much anything he wanted to do with his life and would have been successful at it, but it was obviously it was obvious that he wanted to race. One night when we were a lot younger, a bunch of us were out on the town in Memphis and ran into Greg and his group, and they talked us into going out with them to a nightclub that we were headed to. So we said, sure. I was amazed when we got there. It was a head headbanger club, something I would never have expected out of Greg. That was the only time I've ever uh, sat foot in one of those types of places, but we all had a great time. I teamed up with uh, owners Tom Wimmer and Bob Kramer at Two Wimmers Racing in 1993, and we were very successful on the World of Outlaws Tour. They later decided to add two more teams to our group. Most people would have, been, would have come unglued, but it was easy. It was an easy fit with Greg, as I knew it would be. He just wanted to learn. During those years, my second daughter, Shelby, was only seven or eight years old and didn't take to a lot of people, but she was crazy about her Greggy poo. We had lots of good times on the road, and we had lots of good times on the road during those years. When I first released my electronic Swindell bleeders, Greg was one of the first people that got on them after my brother Sammy. I'd worked with Greg and crew, and crew chief Ryan Hand through the, through the development stages, and their feedback was priceless. I've gotten to be around those guys at the track over the last few years, and, and it was one thing that was always the same, that they never were satisfied with the car. Even if it was fast as he wanted, he always wanted it to be better. I knew he kept Ryan wanting to pull... I know he kept Ryan wanting to pull his hair out and trying to figure out what to do. To say they were successful is an understatement. Over the years, I was I was friends with Greg's dad Hoyt. He would always always came around to talk to talk me about whatever was on his mind. He always had an opinion. In his later years, he became good friends with my best friends in Missouri, and they turned out to be expert fishermen. It was very funny. A, a guy like Greg and great to be around when he. When he passed, we went to his funeral where Greg got up and spoke about his dad. Spoke might be the wrong word. It was more like roasted. He told stories about his dad on his dad that he had the crowd laughing and crying. Something you wouldn't expect to hear at a funeral, but that was Greg. You never knew what you were going to get. Greg didn't die in a race car. He lived in a race car. He was lucky enough to be called home while sitting right where he wanted to be and what he what he loved to do. Godspeed, Greg. Well, that's pretty... Pretty strong stuff from Jeff Swindell. And uh, uh, Greg Hodden had certainly touched a lot of people in the world of sprint car racing and racing in general. So yeah, That's one hell of a dedication right it there. It certainly that's is. fantastic. When we come back, we'll be talking with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from RacingNation.com, Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Eddie. 
All right, let's put him back on hold. I'll try to get back in touch with him. He was there a second ago. He was. I see the the phone is still flashing, but nobody. The the telephone's ringing, but nobody's answering. You got it. Isn't that a song? So getting back to the world of racing, of course we have uh, Richmond tonight. Should be a should be a fun show. Uh, I you know let, like Jeff and I were saying earlier, it is one of the better races on the NASCAR schedule. And you just wonder why, you know, heck, they should, they could race there four times a year, in my opinion, and maybe drop one of those Loudon races, uh, especially one of the Pocono races, perhaps, or uh, who knows, another another of those tracks that just I don't really like. But do we have him back? We do have Eddie back. Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Eddie, welcome back to the show. I'm back from the dead. Welcome. <laughs> Eddie, so lots of things going on and some good news uh, on a, uh, a weekend, of course, where we had some bad news on Thursday, but good news with a video that was on social media that was released yesterday. Tell us about that. Uh, Robert Wickens posted uh, another video. He posted uh, last week during the race. He sent out in the hospital. Uh, he's doing remarkably well. Uh, that was that was I mean, really good to see, you know, with him pedaling on a bike and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's certainly good news to see that. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's really coming along. He's got a long road though. I mean, he does have some spinal, uh, injuries and broken feet, lots of broken bones, but uh, he's really rehabbing and coming back. Uh, you know, he'll be back. He's strong kid, young kid. Yeah, he is. And well, that's, and that's one of the things he has going for him is his youth, you know, when you're uh, in your 20s, it's a heck of a lot easier to come back from an in- injury uh, than you are when you're pushing uh, 50 like we are, aren't we? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> the, 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 aches and, <laughs> the aches and pains uh, tend, to, uh, tend to stay around a lot longer as you get older. My back still hurts from go-karting last <laughs> weekend. <laughs> <laughs> So what else do we have going on in the world of racing? What's the latest at RacingNation.com? Uh, basically, uh, the Porsche reunion next weekend. We're, we're, me and Jack Webster will be attending that and covering that. We're going to do that. And we're just waiting for a lot of things that are going on in the world of IndyCar now that they stopped racing last weekend. I think uh, there's just a lot of scuttlebutt going on with, uh, with the Harding and Steinbrenner and Paddle Award. Yeah, what did you think last week of uh, Paddle Award and and what he was able to do uh, last week in Sonoma? I mean, talk about hitting the ground running. The qualify fifth, make it into the fast six, uh, and and just obviously, and and talk about that first stint. Uh, He he, he got a little carried away, didn't he, in the first stint on the Firestone Reds? (laughs) Well, definitely. I mean, the kids. You know, I mean, it's amazing that he was in the top six qualifying. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he, you know, and Colt's going to be there too. I mean, they're both really good young drivers coming up. And with, you know, the backing, I mean, that's kind of like uh, um, with the, the team being associated with Andretti and, them sharing information, I think you're going to see them progress very quickly, and they will be up there running. Yeah, it, it's you know, and and it, it's pretty cool 
putting those two drivers together because the speculation early on was, yeah, those are the top two kids coming out of uh, out of the ladder series, you know, and Colton Hurdles looked very good. And it was kind of cool to see in almost like the last year and a half, if it wasn't Colton Herta who was like really the driver of the beat, it was award. And, and now to have both of those kids teamed up on the same team, that should be pretty interesting. I mean, I can't, I was trying to think of a similar situation where you had two, two rookies that were so strong together, uh, coming into a series, uh, like that. Can, can you think of a situation like that? Well, remember, uh, Michael Andretti and Paul Tracy, you know, I mean, even though they were established when those guys got together, I mean, I mean, these guys are going to be really tough and, you know, with, with them putting all their cards together and helping each other, the only question marks are where is Alonzo going to fit in and how is this going to work out? And I think with all those forces, Andretti is going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. All right. In fact, it's time for predictions. Let's let's go uh, around the horn here. Eddie, who, who who's your pick in uh, Richmond this weekend? Well, I'm going to go with Harvick. I've been sticking with him. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, I think he's going to want to flex his muscles going into the chase. And, of course, joining us in studio, direct from the Tim and Tosh podcast and the Brewers postgame show, which is uh, you can't miss. You can you cannot miss kind of harsh the postgame show, especially after last night's performance at the Brewers. How about oh, baby, that? Just talk about two and a half games. Back. Two games. They couldn't hit anything. You get a what two and a half hour rain delay, and then look out, lights out. Four homers. That's yeah, amazing. Homers. Six run six yesterday. Just eight to play. A game and a half back. Boys, this is getting fun. It is. I mean, it's getting excitement getting is fun. You think the Cubs are getting that pucker factor right now a little bit? I, no, but there's you know when you shake out the numbers, if you look at look at everything, yeah, you say the Cubs would probably do it despite being just a game and a half. But things can change tonight. Things can change in one day. Maybe it's a half game by tomorrow's games. Well, Tim Allen, what what what, what, what about tonight at Richmond for NASCAR? Okay, um, I know he's uh, he's qualified what sixteenth. My boy Ricky Stenhouse. Um, <laughs> oh come on, it's not that bad of a bet. Oh my God, no. did you drink this morning? No, I'm just telling. No, I'm just telling oh you that, that that's my guy. But I, I'm gonna have to go with Denny Hamlin. Okay, that's okay. a very yeah. strong pick. <laughs> yeah, I know right. him. But but be careful. It might be Stenhouse popping up and shocking everybody. Well, yeah, he's good on those short tracks, right? This is one of those short yeah. tracks. He's he's yep. good being able to dip down to the inside. I'll See, give I you can, ten to racing. one. I'll give you ten to one odds, and I'll take however much oh, you want to bet on Stenhouse. Fifteen to twenty at least. Two hey. bucks. Okay. Two bucks. I'm in. All right. Two to Sounds twenty. Good. Two to yeah, twenty. Can I, okay. Can I get a little of that action. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need lunch money tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Baby T, who you got at Richmond? Uh, I usually roll with the number two car in Brad Keselowski. Going but, for uh, four in a row? Man, Kevin Harvick's still tough to beat, too. I like Harvick. Well, pick one, man. Oh, Keselowski. I always oh, roll with okay. the two. Right. When you're rolling with a Miller Lite can, 
Well, when you're rolling with a Polish guy like that over there, the Polish pipe bomb. I mean, you got to go Keselowski. <laughs> I'm just trying to play to the audience, right? Yeah. Hard to bet against the Polak. What says you, sure. Jeff? <laughs> well, I'm. I kind of got to go with everybody. We talked about it in the first segment. Give me Kevin Harvick. He's pissed off. He's on the pole. He drives great with the chip on his shoulder. Give me the Budweiser. Oh, I guess Bush Light now or Jimmy John's, whoever the hell he's, he's riding got around in a Bush Latte now too. Yes, sir. Man, those are two great cars. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> hey guys, what do you think? I don't know how much time you got. Just, I'm sure you talked about it. I read an article the other day about uh, Junior making some comments about Win Play Show betting at NASCAR uh, tracks. We've been talking about that. I've been talking about that it for makes too much sense. 20, 30 it years. It makes total sense. I think yep. it will revive the sport. I really do. And not that the sport is is hurting, guys. Oh, it is. It's hurting. Okay. It's hurting. Fair. Fair enough. But it will revive it to optimum level. Think about that. Win, play, show, Quinella, Perfecta, Exacta. Yeah. I mean, go across the board, man. With betting cool. windows at the individual at the tracks, track. that yes. would make one heck of a difference. Yeah. The crank NASCAR. attendance way up, and still, I mean, the offshore, you could make a ton of different money. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially if you could bet at the tracks on NASCAR that week and bet the pro football games, you're golden. Well, Absolutely and think about it, even if you're, if you're watching the game on Fox and – you can see throughout the entire race for sure where, where you're at and, and what the odds are going through. I mean, it's yep. too much sense. Marketing, yeah. the advertisement you'd be able to buy. Right and then I would the make my first million with my sports gambling addiction center. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, man. When are you, you taking get, your first If you client? don't get help somewhere, get help Ryan from Morbach Steve really help you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking, not a quitter. Don't save me a seat. By the way, I'm taking uh, Kevin Harvick. <laughs> Happy Harvick. Get help from Steve Zaki. All right. Thank what you, What a show. Well, thank you, guys. Certainly appreciate it. Make sure to tune in for the postgame show. When is that? After every Brewers game right here on The Fan. All right. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And David Hobbs, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for more on the TFI Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.